0: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com/slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness, March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. On this edition of our show, here in mid-April, I will be joined by Jay Wright, the head coach of the Villanova Wildcats, and Chris Beard, the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns. We will also continue my roster management winners of the week. Remember, this is going through the Sunday. We post late overnight Monday into Tuesday, so we're going to take it through Sunday These are players who have officially signed with their school or have officially announced they're coming back to their school. We can't get to the NBA draft yet because deadline's not until May 30th. So we got time here. So, first of all, big news as we are doing this. Chet Holmgren, the number one player in the high school class of 2021, seven foot, seven foot one, very thin, but incredibly skilled, already projected to potentially be the number one pick in 2022, has announced. Officially, and signed, because Gonzaga announced it. He has signed with Gonzags. So, Chet Holmgren playing for Gonzaga next season. G League doesn't matter. He said, no, 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 no. I'm sticking with the plan. Later, Jalen Suggs, his former teammate in, in Minnesota, announced for the NBA draft, and we knew that was going to happen. So, there's a chance the Zags could have back-to-back number one picks. We'll see what happens with Suggs. But for anyone that thought for a moment that the Zags would dip. Uh, Look, I I can't say they're going to go 31-1 and again, or they're going to hopefully play more than that in terms of the normal amount of games, but they're going to have arguably the best freshman big man, maybe one of the best players in the country, certainly the one with the most potential, allegedly. Drew Timmy, I think, will come back. So now you've got a great pair there with Timmy and Holmgren, very much like they had Timmy and Kispert playing together. Uh, Anton Watson's your third big. Then you've got Andrew Nemhard, who I fully expect to be back as your lead playmaker. Hunter Salas will be there. He's a highly touted wing guard from the Omaha area in Nebraska, and he was top five. So you're going to have probably starting two freshmen, a junior, and a senior, potentially. And so, and then the question is: so if it's Holmgren, Timmy, Nemhard, Salas. You know, who's the fifth? Maybe it's Watson. Um, Go big. Maybe they get another wing or another guard, another ball handler. I know they're still working in the transfer market. So the Zags, they're going to be in the top three. I mean, right now, if I were to redo my Power 36, which I will once we get a little bit more knowledge on, uh, you know, sort of where teams are. I mean, this is what I had the top ten. Right after the Final Four. I had UCLA, Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, Purdue, Ohio State, Maryland, Villanova, Alabama. Based on what we know on transfers, who's coming, who's going, at this moment in time, I'd probably go UCLA, you know, Johnny Juzang's still there, so is Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell. UCLA, Villanova, we'll get to them here in this podcast, Gonzaga, Michigan, Kansas, Purdue, Ohio State, Maryland, Alabama, Baylor. Now you'd say, well, why wouldn't you put Gonzaga one? The reason is they don't have the experience that they had this past season. And I do think there's a difference between maybe having one of the best guards in the country in Suggs and one of the best bigs. Because as talented as Holmgren is, he still needs to get the basketball. So that's why I want to just wait and just see how it all plays out. But still, great news. We already know the Zags are going to play Duke in non-conference game in November. Uh, their schedule is going to be great again. We, we're all anticipating that happening. So that's how I would change it at this juncture. You've seen other commitments that are out there in the transfer portal. We're going to get to those, but we got to wait and make sure they're official. I mean, I'll just say schools like Mississippi State have done really well. North Carolina, Oklahoma, uh, Auburn, New Mexico. Uh, these are other schools that I think we will be talking about. Vanderbilt, Duke, Syracuse, Ohio State. You know, I think they'll be on the list next week once things are official. So I just want to tease that, that they've already got some great commitments. So let's get to the interviews and the ranks. And by the way, I want to hear from you. Please don't ever hesitate to tweet at March Madness or tweet at me at Cats. Any comments, questions, things that you want to hear on the pod as well. But... We're going to continue our new coaches segment um, as well as visiting with uh, Jay Wright here. But Chris Beard, he was a no-brainer to go from Texas Tech to Texas, even though it was a very difficult decision because of all the success he had at Texas Tech. But I I think you had to go to Texas. And Jay Wright will join us after that. Next week, by the way, I'll just give you a little tease. We'll be joined by Tim Miles from San Jose State, new head coach. Remember, he was at Nebraska, Colorado State. Earl Grant, new head coach at B.C., and, and there'll be more than that. But those are two next week for sure. All right. So let's get to my interview with Chris Beard. And now joining me here on March Madness, March Madness 365, the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns, Hook'em Horns, Chris Beard. Uh, Chris, uh, many moons ago, you were there as a young lad. Uh, if I went back and talked to that Chris Beard with probably very little facial hair, maybe a little bit more hair on top, and told him, you
2: know, someday –
1: You're going to be the head coach of Texas. What would that young Chris Beard have told
2: me? I would have said, stay on my bus. I need people like you on my bus, people that believe in me. You know, I've always had a lot of confidence in myself, and I think it's because I kind of understand how this college basketball deal works. It's all about the players. You know, I know back in 1999 when I got my first head coaching job and I was coaching the Jayhawk Conference Junior College, and we had Junior College Hall of Fame coaches and more established programs, and we came in with a lot of confidence because we said, hey, we just got to get some players. And so all the way up until the team I coached last year and the team I coached this year, I've never forgotten that. This whole thing is about players, Andy. You know that as well as I do. So even back in those days, I always had a vision that if I can get really good players, anything can happen.
1: And you've had a great vision. And I, I just want to put a quick bow on your career at Texas Tech because what you accomplished there uh, was remarkable. A Final Four, a national championship game, uh, Elite Eights really just – Everything you did there was so well done. Just if you could look back for a moment, what you're most proud of during your career at Texas Tech?
2: I think all the players, you know, starting with that first uh, team where Keenan, Zach, Justin, and Norrance locked arms and said, hey, we appreciate what Tubby Smith did, but we're not going anywhere. You know, that that team took us all the way to the Elite Eight. Of course, Norrence was the captain of the Final Four team. Um, Then the players that jumped on board and trusted us before we really had anything other than what we were saying, you know, whether it be Jared Cole or Zaire Smith, our first two NBA guys before we had established the program, and then most recently with the grad transfers, guys like Matt and Tariq, trusting their uh, their last year of eligibility with us, you know, coaching those guys on Monday night. A lot of things went into it. It was a team effort. Certainly proud of Coach Adams getting his opportunity. He was a big part of our success. So, but I think above all, to answer your question, I think mostly about those players. How would you describe yourself as a player at Texas? I was a fifth-year redshirt. I was open all the time and didn't get the ball much. No, I wouldn't trade my path or any anywhere or any other path. You know, i just so appreciative of Coach Penders and uh, EO and Vic Trillian back in those days giving me an opportunity. You know, I cut my teeth here in a lot of ways, learned so much about not only basketball or coaching, but also relationships. Yeah, we all have a different path in this life. Coaching is no different. So how has this
1: university and really the basketball program, even facility-wise, changed from the early 90s to now in the 2020s?
2: Well, it starts with our city. You know, Austin, the capital city, has grown so much. Just one of the best cities in the world, you know, not the country. Anything's possible here in Austin. Anything you're looking for. uh, It's just, uh, it's an amazing place where people come together. You know, our goal is to make the basketball program something that the whole city, all our alums, the state can be proud of. Really a two-fold plan here. We've already talked about the first one, players. You know, we mentioned it three times already in our talk. The second, we really want to just unite everybody. Texas basketball has rich tradition. I mean, in my lifetime uh, with Coach Lemons, Coach Wetlett, Coach Penders, Coach Barnes, Shaka did a great job here. I'm fortunate to walk into another situation where there's a solid foundation I think if we can get all the players and all the people from the different times of Texas basketball all back under one umbrella, you know, working for the same thing, you know, to, to play and win that Monday night game, anything's possible here.
1: So the last two NCAA tournaments, uh, a Big 12 school from the state of Texas played for the championship. You did in 2019 at Texas Tech and then Baylor just did in 2021 winning it. What does that say about basketball in the state of Texas and the Big 12?
2: Well, I think it says something that we've all known for a long time, those of us that are from Texas. But I think the the basketball world is starting to know. Look, the best players in the country are arguably in Texas. The high school coaching here is on another level. The grassroots basketball here is second to none. The junior college basketball here is the best. So the players and coaching have always been here and it's just now the commitment, you know, made around, you know, you mentioned Baylor. So proud of what Scott's done there. He's a friend and Shaka had this still rolling. So, and we have a lot of success in West Texas. So we can go on and on. How about coach Sampson making the final four at Houston. So, you know, it all starts with the players. The recruiting base right here is real. uh, And it's not going anywhere because of the coaching.
1: Yeah. I actually got, uh, I, I stirred up the pot a little in Indiana because I said when these two jobs were open, that I thought Texas, without disparaging Indiana, I just think it's a better job. There's more potential there. Um, why do you think that Texas is one of the best jobs in the country? To maybe add on to what you've already just said. Well,
2: first, it's one of the best academic institutions in the country, right? It's a it's an Ivy League education with all the benefits of a, a public forum. It's real. And uh, we use it in recruiting. I mean, the guys we're recruiting, whether it be guys are coming here to get their master's degrees or they're undergraduate. I mean, there's no denying the power of a University of Texas degree. We've also mentioned Austin. You know, good players wanna wanna go to school, places where they enjoy living. Whether they're here for one year or five years, they want it to be a place where they can consider home. And we definitely check the box with Austin. Also, I've always been a big believer in like, you know, has it been done before? Uh, I don't think I have some kind of magic wand. I think when, when people ask me for advice and coaching and jobs, I said, Well, has it been here before? Well, we know it has been at Texas whether it be most, you know, Rick Barnes, final four runs, the success Coach Penders had, Shaka had, football, national championships, women's basketball, national championship with uh, Coach Conrad, baseball, national championships. How about our uh, swimming and diving? It's just everything. So it's, it's been done here before. It's not like we're trying to come here and do something that's never happened. This is Texas. Anybody that coaches here and plays here, they understand what they're getting into, and that's why I'm here. I love the expectations. I think pressure is an opportunity. I'd much rather wake up every day understanding the expectations very clearly than to go somewhere where, you know, being first place wasn't the goal. All
1: right, a couple of quick rapid-fire things. First, your staff. Unbelievable uh, what you've already put together. Uh, getting two head coaches and Rodney Terry and Chris Ogden to leave head coaching jobs. Uh, Jaren Howard to leave a rival in Kansas. Um, I know there are others a part of this staff, but what was your hope and optimism to put together a national stellar staff like this?
2: That was the goal. That was the objective. And I'm really proud to say that we nailed it. You know, I'm not apologizing to anybody for having the best staff in college basketball. And it's no disrespect to other staffs that are right there with us. But in my opinion, I don't think anybody has a better staff than us. Just like when you put together a team, Andy, it's going to sound kind of Captain Obvious and oversimplified, but it's, it's just the truth. How do teams work? When everybody on the team wants the same thing. But I, mean, I think it's all the same thing with staffs. Why How do staffs work when everybody wants the same thing? And I don't want to speak for Jaren, Sir so Rodney, or Yurik, or Aggie, or Bob, but I mean, we all want to win a national championship. That's, that's what we want. And I think with team success, individual stuff always takes care of itself. But in the first conversation with all these guys, we were talking about, hey, man, let's let's do this. You know, we're here. Let's do it. Let's get together. Let's get some good players. Let's get a culture. Let's have each other's backs. You know, this is Texas, and, and we're here. We're proud to be here. And our goal is simple. You know, we want to try to win every game on a schedule. We want to get the final fours. We want to be in that green room every single night, every year with our players, watching their dreams come true. So our staff, basically, it's just a bunch of guys that love basketball and we all want the same thing.
1: All right. As we are talking and taping the returnees, notably Andrew Jones, there isn't another player in college basketball that I want better things for than him. I am so thrilled that he's giving himself another chance, and you as well. What are your thoughts on getting the chance to coach Andrew Jones for for one season?
2: Just proud, uh, goosebump emotion when he told us he was all in to come back. Andrew and I are from the same town. We both grew up in Irving, Texas. He was a little bit better player than me at Irving, uh, obviously. But we have a lot of pride in where we're from. It's been a unique thing with this transition, right? Because in coaching, you always want to try to get a relationship with the players But this has been uh, unique and and maybe a little bit easier. It's one of our first breaks. The fact that we've been competing against these guys—you know, I've coached against Andrew Drones, what seems to be 25 times, but probably is at least 10 or 11. His story and everything that he's gone through is to me one of the most powerful things I've ever heard from—not only in athletics but in life—and it's real. This is a tough guy. This is a guy that overcome everything to play at this stage, and he's just getting started. Uh, this is the most exciting thing about him is these he's got goals that he still hasn't reached, and I'm proud to be his guy. I, I can't wait to coach him and help him get everything that he deserves.
1: Uh, the transfer portal, this is now life for everyone in college basketball, certainly this year uh, with everyone getting that extra year. As we are talking, two notable names coming to Texas, Timmy Allen from Utah, Devin Askew from Kentucky. I'm sure there will be others potentially. Uh, your thoughts? Just excited.
2: You know, this portal is like the wild, wild west. We all know it. I mean, it's crazy. I I was on it a second ago, then I stepped outside to take a phone call from one of my daughters. I come back in, there's 27 new players in the portal. So it is a full-time job just being in the portal each day. But college basketball has changed. We all know it. I didn't make the rules, but got to figure out how to win within the rules. So I do think that we have the ability, and we've done this before, whether it be Matt and Tariq on the Final Four team or Holyfield and, you know, Chris Clark on the, on the NCAA tournament team. And most recently with other transfers, you know, this still has changed Andy. We're trying to be kind of on the cutting edge of it, but there's no doubt about it. It's, it's a full-time job in this recruiting.
1: And what kind of impact could those two players have?
2: We feel like we got the guys that, that, that fit us best. These are top choice guys. You know, we're in Texas. And we're not in the second options and we're not in the second place. And it's the same thing in recruiting. We're here to win. And winning to us is getting our top choices. And that's exactly how we feel about these guys. With Devin, you know, we love to get guys that have been coached. We always really study high school coaching and the AAU coaching. And this is kind of one of our things we always look at. And obviously, I respect for Coach Cal and how they do things in Kentucky. Uh, this is great. I also will always remember my first conversation with Devin, how grateful and appreciative he was of his time at Kentucky. He's a no-excuse guy just looking for the next opportunity. That really made a huge impression on me. He is a first-class guy, a talented player, all about player development and where he believes his game can go, and we share that vision with him. Uh Obviously, with Timmy, just like the others, this is an impact guy, and we're not shying away from the expectations. You know, like I told Timmy on the first conversation, hey, man, everybody can't coach at Texas. I'm wired for this. I'm ready. I love the challenge. I love the pressure everybody can't play at Texas. And he cut me off about mid sentence and said, coach right on. It's why I'm on the phone with you. So it was another goosebump kind of first phone call meeting that materialized quickly for both of us. But I can't wait to coach this guy, especially on this stage.
1: Hey, by the way, how has zoom changed recruiting, whether it's high school or transfers?
2: Yeah, it's just been, uh, so unique for me, you know, because I was a guy pre COVID. I didn't even know what FaceTime was, you know what I mean? So like, when they first came to me and said, "Hey, let's get on a Zoom," I was like, "You know, I don't. What, what are we talking about, man? We, you know, it's just like the a loop around town, like a highway. So, you know, it's been crazy. I, I think one of the first guys I was on this whole deal was Mac McClung, you know, and Marcus, and those guys. And it's just a new way to have relationships. You know, I, I think like it's back in my day. You know, when we went and played pickup basketball at Confluence Park, we didn't have cell phones. You just show up to the park and hope everybody was there." These guys, they don't even think about going to the gym until they text message and and call everybody to make sure that they're there. So the same thing with Zoom. It's just like the world has changed. I tell you, I have figured out the mute button, you know? It's kind of frustrating when I'm on all these calls and the media guys can't hit the mute or the administrators can't hit the mute. So, you know, you also got to clean up a little bit. You know, like I got a little bit of white going here in the beard, so I'm always kind of careful with my angle and lighting when I get on the Zoom too. Trying to stay hip, man.
1: Well, the other thing is too, you can, you can end up talking to five players and never leave your couch. Uh, so, you know, there's something to be said for that in terms of wear and tear on yourself, let alone cost effectiveness. All right, last thing, rapid fire. I'm going to turn the tables on you. Austin, known for its music and its food. Once we get post-pandemic, hopefully summer, fall, what kind of music in Austin are you looking forward to most hearing in person?
2: The diversity, the variety, all the above, And obviously, I can't wait to see uh, Willie Nelson live in person. What are you most looking forward to eating and potentially in person? Yeah, it's a fist fight between barbecue, Hill Country Barbecue, and obviously uh, Austin, Texas Tex-Mex. I am not afraid to do both.
1: And lastly, you've been known for your fireside chats. What will they look like at the University of Texas?
2: Well, we're definitely going to continue it. We can't wait to get that special relationship with our student body and our fan base. The early favorite out of the gate is uh, the Riverside Chet. So many great rivers and bodies of water here in the capital city and in the 40 acres. Uh, you know, I'm kind of envisioning, uh, you know, a Riverside Chet. All
1: right. Well, I think I still hold the record of maybe five appearances. I hope to surpass that on the Riverside Chats.
2: I think it's right there. You and Jarrett Culver, I think you are up one on him, Andy. I, You know, when I think about basketball and you and Jarrett Culver, It's amazing that you are one up on Jared Colbert. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. Uh, It's just a new location. We're going to continue this relationship. Absolutely. Thanks, Andy. Andy Katz, that guy will rank his wife's dinners. He'll rank anything.
1: All right, time for Katz Ranks here. My weekly look at the winners of the rosters. And remember, these have to be official. So these are transfers. These are players returning. Maybe guys that are withdrawing from the NBA draft. We'll get to that, obviously, more in May and into June. All right, let's start with our top 10 winners of this past week, ending on Sunday. At number 10, Alabama. Great success with Javon Quinterly from Villanova. Now they take on Noah Gurley from Furman and Amari Burnett from Texas Tech. At number nine, Joseph Yesifu from Drake going to Kansas. They need another score, he will deliver for the Jayhawks. At number eight, how about this, within the SEC, from missouri to lsu xavier pinson major pickup for lsu taken away from a competitor within the league at number seven couple players going to wisconsin well one returning brad davison when he's making threes experienced player defender eh, sometimes people think he's a little you know uh, too much but um he still plays with tremendous effort he's back and if he's making threes and leading the Badgers, they got a great shot. And they just added uh, Jacoby Neath from Wake Forest, another shooter. So that's big for the Badgers. At number six, Matt Bradley. Didn't get a lot of pub because he was a Cal, but he can shoot. And he's going to San Diego State. So San Diego State at number six. They need a score like this, another shooter, and Matt Bradley's going to slide right in there uh, for Brian Dutcher. Great pickup on the West Coast. At number five, how about Florida? Wholesale changes like hockey line changes. Myron Jones from Penn State, Philandris Fleming from Charleston Southern, Brandon McKissick from UMKC, and Jay Felder from BC. They needed guards, especially with Trey Mann, Noah lock-on, and they've got replacements in the transfer portal. How about Tennessee? Pick up Auburn's Justin Powell. Hurt for the most part last season, but he can score. And then John Fulkerson. Got knocked out uh, by Florida's Omar Payne. Wasn't able to finish the SEC tournament or play in the postseason in the NCAA tournament. He wants back. He's a leader. He's a scorer. Big pickup for Rick Barnes to get him back. And number three, I just mentioned Omar Payne. He's eligible in Illinois. He'll help them out, especially with Kofi Coburn now gone. They need another big and Georgie Bashanis Feely. Then Alfonso Plummer from Utah, another scorer, but the big pickup. Trent Frazier decided to return for a second senior season. You pair now Frazier and Andre Corbello, that's a Big Ten winning backcourt. And Frazier will get even more touches now without Iodosumu. And number two, how about what Texas has done now so far under Chris Beard? Devin Askew from Kentucky. You've got Christian Bishop from Creighton. Timmy Allen from Utah. That's a lot of scoring right there. Oh, and then you bring back Andrew Jones, who's coming back for his second senior season wish nothing but great success for Andrew Jones. Everything he's come back from, from his leukemia to now, big pickup for Chris Beard. And at number one, Villanova. Collin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels. Gillespie, with the MCL injury, should be ready to go in the fall. Jermaine Samuels, another big wing, can defend, score. That gives Villanova the experience they need with the returnees, Justin Moore, Caleb Daniels, uh, and others, newcomers, and uh, rotation guys to allow the Wildcats to make another run at a deep NCAA tournament finish, potentially championship, Final Four. Certainly they will be the Big East favorite. So that's my top 10 winners of this past week. And now joining me here on March Madness, March Madness 365, Jay Wright from Villanova. And Jay, so far, uh, I think it's safe to say you guys have maybe done the best of any team of retaining players, let alone what you're bringing in overall. So if you can walk me through the process of Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels deciding to return yet again
3: to Villanova. Well, it's it's a good fortune on our part, Andy, and, and really a good opportunity for Colin and Jermaine, but it kind of, it was definitely nothing that was planned. It fell into place for us. Colin being injured in our second to last regular season game, actually the game for the Big East regular season championship against Creighton ended his season. I, I think if he didn't get hurt, he probably would have been in good position to uh, you know, enter the NBA draft this year. Given the fact that he had surgery and, you know, he's probably not gonna be at a hundred percent until probably August. And he's young, you know, all these variables went into consideration. We did promise him we were going to redshirt him actually when we recruited him. And we never got to do that because he played every year. So all those factors involved, and he likes Villanova, he likes school. So he decided probably for his future, it's best to go into the NBA process healthy and a year older, stronger, and better. Jermaine, similar in ways in that, you know, in high school, before his big summer before his junior year, he got hurt. Jermaine got hurt, didn't get to play on a circuit before his junior year, came into Villanova, broke his hand his freshman year. So he's really a couple of years behind in his development and he's developed so much each year. He just feels like another year of getting stronger and better as a player allows him to go into the NBA process as a finished product. And, and he, he likes school also, both of them will graduate this spring and, you know, take graduate classes next year year and, and really spend a year preparing themselves for the NBA. So look, I don't have to tell you something you already know.
1: You've got a tremendous, and people throw this word around a lot. They throw the word culture around. But there's no question <laughs> you guys have it, that people want to be there. And let's not sugarcoat it. That's not happening in college basketball where everyone looks for something better or, hey, I've done my time. I got to get out. What do you think it is about the Villanova experience that players are saying, you know what? Unless I'm uh, locked to be in the lottery or something like that, this is pretty good.
3: <laughs> I, well I, I take that as a compliment when you say that. We feel good about the experience we provide our guys. I think we pick the right guys, and I think it really comes down to the people. and we get guys that come in here that they, they want to be in college, right? And if they don't want to be in college, they're not coming to Villanova. <laughs> they're gonna, now they can go to the G League, you know, or, and that path works, you know, or you can go somewhere and just you know, be there for six months. And that path works. So the guys that choose Villanova, they like college. They like being educated. I'm not saying I like to go class every day, but they like being educated, like being part of a team, being a part of a community like we have here on campus. So when it comes down to make their decision about the NBA, there's never a factor where they're saying, I have to get out of here. They're saying, I like it here, but you know, I might have to go to the NBA because this is my best opportunity. Like Sadiq Bay, for instance, even Jeremiah Robinson Earl, they had difficult decisions. Sadiq really didn't want to leave. He just knew it was the best move for him business-wise, and it was a smart move. You could see the success he's having as a rookie in the NBA. Whereas Jermaine and Colin look at it like, you know what? Business-wise, it's best for me to stay here, and I like it here. So I'm really making a business decision. I just happen to, you know, enjoy that, that extra year that I'm gonna have here.
1: Now, I, I mean, obviously you guys have experienced transfers out. Uh, so let's that that's a reality situation here. So you're also affected by that. Overall, what are your thoughts on the high number, and that's being conservative, of people in the portal in a year where people are getting a year back, they didn't have a normal season, so there's other factors mitigating here, but still, it's a crazy
3: number. It is. It's caused a lot of upheaval this year in college basketball. But I do think it's best for the student athletes to give them this opportunity, you know, if, if they're not happy somewhere and they want to go somewhere else. I, I do think it's best for them. And that, that's what we're here for. It's going to cause a messy situation for a year or two in college basketball, but not not anything that's going to hurt the game. We'll, we'll all adjust to it. For instance, it's just going to be a part of our job as coaches that when the season ends, you know, the meetings you have immediately following the season are going to be sort of like free agency, you know, like, you know, not only do you want to do what's best for your players who have the opportunity to transfer elsewhere, but there's also guys that are calling you to come in also, and you want to do right by them and at least give them an answer. You know, so I think we're all going to figure out in time this year. It's a little messy, but we're going to figure out how to handle that each year. And I think it's just going to become a normal process in college basketball. I don't and and I think you made a great point, Andy, because of players being able to come back for an extra year. It's actually increasing the transfer rate because guys that thought they were going to be juniors. And I think that was our case with Cole Swider. You know, he planned on coming back and Jermaine and. Colin not being here. So now he's looking at, here's another year. I might come off the bench. I want to go somewhere and start. You know, we get that. We understand that. So I think it'll clean up in the next couple of years and it won't be as crazy as it is this year.
1: So the other thing too, I think why, um, and once again, I'm not telling some know, but why it all works and we'll see. You haven't had the practices yet, but with Justin Moore and Caleb Daniels and the rest of your crew, I have to assume here that uh, they will be okay with two stars coming back their minutes might be reduced or their production might be but you know what the greater good is we got a chance to win the national championship
3: yeah and they do feel that way Andy and that's what these meetings you have with the players at the end of the season are you it's not just the guys that are making the decision whether they're going to come back or not it's the guys that were looking at their opportunity the next year you know maybe guys that were starters but are looking at next year I'm going to be more of a go-to guy you know so they're all a part of the discussions we have to have this year now next year you're probably you're not going to have those discussions as much cuz you don't have the guys coming back but these are all factors that are leading towards so many people being in the transfer portal this year and our guys Caleb Justin Brandon Slater Brian Antoine Eric Dixis, they get that the, their process is about getting better individually and it's not as much about who else is is getting playing time? It's about what am I doing individually? That's kind of unique about our guys. So all things being equal,
1: if everyone's healthy, and we love to do this a year out, uh, but what are the chances that the squad that you've got, as we know it now, can compete for the national championship?
3: That's also a great point, Andy, as we know it now, because as we all know, that this, this could change. I mean, guys could transfer at any time we're we're going to we're going to have a chance but you know we could get beat by anybody and I say you and I've been doing this a long time you're tired of hearing me saying this you, you just know what it is you, anything could happen next year you could have injuries you could have you know bad chemistry anything but what we are able to do hopefully by June 1st and and we do know by July 1st they, these guys are going to have to make decisions but by June 1st we can start putting together the chemistry of this team and that's what's going to be important and us figuring out what's the best way to utilize all these guys and the depth that we'll have, and that's fun. That's you know we've been hurting the last couple of years with some depth, so this is going to really be fun for us. All right, rapid fire here, real quick. First off, you guys
1: gave Baylor the best game of anyone in the tournament. After that game, what was your
3: impression of that team? We knew they were they were capable of winning the national championship, and if you remember, we had played them the year before. In a, a very close game, but different, high scoring. And and, and we knew, all right, that's not going to work. <laughs> going up, we tried that. And then we tried to to grind it out with them, and they were able to do that too. So we knew they had a chance to win a national championship.
1: You can appreciate the journey. Um, put in perspective what Mark Few was able to accomplish
3: 31-1. Unbelievable. Um, what Mark Few does at Gonzaga is actually more difficult to do than to win a national championship or two. It really is, except we don't get evaluated that way. But it really is more difficult. Consistent excellence is the most difficult thing to do. And and Mark has done that better than anybody in college basketball. Uh, the Olympics,
1: uh, where does it stand? I mean, I know they're happening as of now, but uh, in terms of what that means for you, because of uh, it's going to be uh, as strict, more strict, than obviously you just went through at Villanova and in the NCAA tournament.
3: Yeah, I feel like we are. We'll all be ready for that. You know, all the NBA guys, having gone through the bubble before, will be ready. And you're right, there's going to be a lot of restrictions. But as of right now, probably one of the biggest challenges is that the NBA playoffs are going to go right up to the start of the Olympics. And who is available to play, you know, who is mentally and physically able to play is going to be a big challenge for the USA team. And I know. Pop and and Jerry Colangelo and Sean Ford are working really hard on that. You know, our staff helps a little bit. But those guys are putting the time in just to see how we're going to put that team together and have them ready in time for the first round of of pool play.
1: Last two things, if you could put a bow on this season slash NCAA tournament. To get through the tournament with one cancellation, one official, two total players, all of that before we actually started – playing the games. I I mean, VCU didn't play. So once everything started, there was no other cancellations, no other players that popped, got through it. Women actually had no positives in their tournament in San Antonio. What's your overall
3: bow on that? Incredible accomplishment of of vision and logistics. Dan Gavitt and Joanne Scott and the, the NCAA staff getting this to the finish line, giving these players and coaches the opportunity to enjoy this and giving our country the enjoyment of following this. I know it's great with fans, but across the country, everybody was following it with the same passion. And I just think Dan Gavitt and Joanne Scott and the NCAA deserve so much credit. We're so appreciative. Being in that bubble and seeing the efficiency of the logistics involved there was very impressive, and I can't commend them enough. After doing that, they could run anything. You guys did schedules on the fly.
1: What are the thoughts that next season, a little bit more traditional, maybe even picking up games that you couldn't play like Virginia or, you know, uh, I know you talked to Mark with Gonzaga. What's going on scheduling wise? Because now you actually have some time to figure it out.
3: Exactly. And it's more open. We're probably less committed at this time of year than we normally are. We have more openings because of everything that went on this year. For instance, in the big five this year, you know, we have the big five here in Philadelphia we only played one game, but it really wasn't a scheduled big five game, it just a game with St. Joe's because we were close enough to throw one together. So we got to figure out what are we doing with that? You know, like who gets a home game, who doesn't? So there's so many variables, but we have time. And hopefully we know we're going to be able to play the full limit of games and we can get back to playing some great intersectional games. I think we got some great ones coming out. I know we're playing Syracuse at the Garden. I know we're going to Mohegan Sun. But we still do have some openings, and we're working on some good games. Jay, appreciate it. Can't wait again for next season. You guys are doing great, as always. Uh, stay safe. Glad you survived Barkley and, and the boys. You look good.
1: And as always, uh, I want to give a big shout-out to our Turner Sports team, led by Chad Acock and Abby Stoltz. Of course, uh, Michael Kaplan, uh, the entire NCAA.com team that is helping engage with this podcast with you, the listener. Uh, And everything that they're doing to repurpose our podcast. And of course, uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, They've done a great job. Was working with those guys in the month of March. So, get vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Let's keep this going. We want to have some more normalcy. Later in the spring, into the summer. And next season, we want to see crowds. Big crowds. Want to see it all. So, we're talking next week. Appreciate all of you continuing to listen to our March Madness 365 podcast. Talk to you next week. Stay safe, everyone.
0: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? "I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.